Hey, welcome to Old Ass Movie Reviews. I'm Scott. There's Dave. Right over there. Right there. <laughs> and we are entering the month of January, and we decided to take a turn into the 80s. And nothing says 80s more than John motherfucking Hughes. Um, this man has written so many movies, directed so many. Uh, the Vacation movies, uh, Home Alone, I mean... Pretty in pink, it have, which is it wouldn't a, have been the '80s without him. You can't have the you '80s without it. John Hughes. Um, so our first movie up out of the out of the shoots there is Pretty in Pink with uh, '80s superstar Molly Ringwald, mm-hmm. who uh, really um, oh, came into being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a movie that I have only seen once before, and it's been a long really? time, and I don't I don't think I saw the whole thing uh before um this is a good one now before we get rolling i need to let everybody know um we spoil everything yeah before we even get to spoiling that thanks to those who have taken time to give us a review um it helps us um, tremendously on being found and getting listeners and we'd love more than anything to grow our listeners base and Mm -hmm. possibly get some uh sponsorship of any kind um you know we'll uh We'll we'll hawk any good up on here. So, (laughs) (laughs) but but it's uh, this is uh, if you haven't seen it, stop the podcast, go watch. We will spoil it. Yeah. But I have one question for everybody listening and for you, Dave. All right. Team Blaine or Team Ducky? That's all I got to say. Ducky. Ducky. I'm Ducky. I'm 100% Ducky. I, I, I yeah. really disliked this ending. Um, yeah, I know, I'm team right? Ducky all the way. I'm team uh, Ducky yeah. all the way. I was talking, uh, the wife and I were talking, that we were both like, when he comes dancing in, that, not to get too far ahead, but there's a scene where yeah. I'm, I'm looking, I look over at the LA, I said, that's, that's Ducky. I, that, 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 I would hang out with that guy. I would hang oh, out Ducky, with that guy. Ducky's awesome. Let's talk about Ducky. John Cryer. In a very early role, a very young John Cryer, and I think he is the best actor in this fucking movie. He's um, absolutely well. They're all fantastic. I they're mean, all fantastic. They, they but really he, are. They are really good. But he, he just, just he he took dude. that character who was supposed to probably just be a little awkward, and he he just blew it out. I mean, he just, he just expanded that character and stole any scene that he was in. He literally stole every scene he was in. He was he was so believable. And mm-hmm. as a teenager in the 80s, right. I watched this movie. Now, this I think it's important to note. I can relate. The teenager inside me can relate to this movie. Man, it gives me so many flashbacks. Know, right. All the little clicks and all the people, you know, right. um, this is typical John Hughes. Uh, John Hughes tends to have a theme of class running through yeah. it. And yeah. this is, again, dealing with the rich kids and the poor kids. We, we see it all the time in these 80s movies, and um, this one really, really hits it. But it's uh, just seeing the clothes, the music, um, right. good soundtrack. Um, but, of, of course, Pretty in Pink, the title song you hear multiple times oh, throughout yeah. this. Um, but it's, I feel like, you know, we've talked in the past when we do these, watch these 80s movies. It's like, what makes an 80s movie? Mm-hmm. This this makes an yeah. '80s fucking movie. It's not the clothes. Well, I mean, it is, but you can't okay. just throw the clothes and the music and have an '80s movie. There is something carefree about this that's different. 
Well, it also had a lot of hope. Like, I think if you did a teenage movie now, teenage angst movie now, you'd have an nth power of angst in it and no no hope. That's you interesting. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And with John Hughes, even Blaine, it's not a name, that's a major appliance. Thank you. Uh, I was <laughs> racking my brain. What was the line that Ducky said that was so fucking funny that I would make right? to take a note of? Right? Yes. That's not a name, that's a major appliance. I was waiting for that line the whole freaking movie. And when he says it, I'm like, yes, that's freaking brilliant. But uh, the, Hughes had a way of writing to where even when um, the character of Andy is, is so down, and she's just depressed. And you you know, I mean, just by her actions and by her personality, that even if her and Blaine don't get back together, and maybe her and Ducky's still mad at her, she's going to come out on top. She's going to yeah. become a better human. You see that. Yeah. You see it. You And I think now if somebody tried to write a Tina right. Angst movie, and I've seen it before, like in the 90s, late, late 90s, they started like just there's no hope and I'm going to go commit suicide. And, you know, yeah, they're just really depressing now instead of, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but even, even in the eighties, I had hope. Like when, when I realized there was never going to be a nuclear war between America and Russia. Yeah. And if there was, there was not a fucking thing I could do about it to stop it. I was like, my, my stress level went down <laughs> like yeah. tremendously. I was about you know, 15 when I was like, really thought about it. Like none of these guys are going to start a nuclear war. If they do, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm going to get on with my life. <laughs> well, that's a great point. I mean, I look back at this movie and I look at this time. This is a time that you and I lived through. Yeah. And um, that's why I find the eighties so relatable. Um, mm -hmm. And I get so frustrated when I watch anything, it tries to set something in the eighties and yeah, you can set it in the 80s, but you there's a difference between setting a movie in the 80s and having that 80s vibe. And this has that hope. Yeah. That, this has that carefreeness. This has crazy ass kids, raging hormones with parties and sex and alcohol, because this shit actually was going on. Now, the Hopefully 90s kids and millennials moves. now. Yeah. Uh, we'll look at this. And it's like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Well, so. they're all in denial because they're all doing the same shit, but they're just going to deny it. Whereas when we were doing it as kids, we were we doing it. it a little bit. We we're like, yeah. no, 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 no. Sure. <laughs> You're, no, man, I don't smoke weed, dude. No, <laughs> yeah, no, so. I don't do, I don't do blue, man. <laughs> you know, it's like, 80s was uh, fucking uh, wild and carefree. And um, yeah. it just, it what has I remember of it. <laughs> what I remember of the 80s, I remember yeah. fondly. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I do. Um, I'm a huge fan of the music that brings me to the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, Psychedelic Echo and the Bunny Man. Is it, is it Echo and the, yeah, it's Echo, Echo and the Bunny Man. Why Echo did I say Psychedelic first? He's um, one of, they're one of the bands. They're still yeah. around, I think. I think they're um, still doing shows. OMD has one of the most popular songs in here. Um, and I got I got to do a little segue into OMD. Uh, a couple years ago, I went to a concert in New Orleans and it was Berlin. B-52s and OMD. Oh, shit. And I was excited. I wanted to see Berlin more than anything. And I was like, OMD, why did you put OMD on here? I just, right. you know, I don't care to see OMD. Right. Berlin came on, did 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, you know what? They're okay live. They sound different. Some bands right. do. They just don't sound the same. Yeah. They, it was a good show. Nothing it's against Berlin It's also not Berlin the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> 
the, yeah, the, the Berlin was the 80s. Yeah. That's what I mean. so, it's like, but when OMD came on, it became one of my all-time favorite concerts. I have never seen a show sound and look so good as OMD. And of course, really? they played played um, the song that they play in this movie, um, If You oh, Leave. Pretty in Pink? No, oh, If You, you leave. leave. Yeah, that's OMD okay. on there. Yeah. And Echo so, and the Bunnyman's Pretty in Pink, right? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to Or is that Psychedelic Furs? I don't know. Psychedelic Furs. It's It's been a long time since I've looked at at who sang what. But um, when I saw them, and of course they played that, and they showed clips of of this movie in the background of the stage. Yeah. And it was. That's that's cool. They were better than Berlin, and they were better than the B 52s. And both Berlin and the B 52s were awesome. So OMD is incredible. So I. That's crazy. I I suggest anybody, if OMD is playing anywhere near you, go watch it. You will will recognize more songs than you think. They made so many hits. It's all excellent and they sound incredible. Um, That's crazy. But anyway, good 80s music. (laughs) You said you've only seen this one time before. Um, yeah, and it's a funny picture. Not now. I'm going to have to tag my my friend Kevin. I haven't talked to him for a while. Um, when this gets posted, he and I would go to a place called O'Henry's in Panama uh-huh. City. It was like a dollar beer, dollar to get in, and then like dollar beer, and we'd order pictures of beer. And we just sit there for whatever reason. John Hughes films. If they went to O'Henry's. He and I were there and we just watched this fucking thing like all the time. It with the acting. And I had a huge crush. I mean, it's the only person I ever had a crush on in, in Hollywood was Molly Ringwald. It's like, really? It's just, yeah. It's like, and you look at her now. She's, I understand. Very, she's still very smart. You know, you know, I'm like, yes. I'm glad she's still acting. I'm still good for she's, you. Molly she's Ringwald. actually a musician. She tours yeah. with a band and she also, yeah, I think is she still used acting. to do her own clothes. So like a lot of the movies yeah. you see her like doing her own clothes. I think she actually used to do that. Yeah. But I just remember, like, back in the 80s, we'd go get a beer, sit down, you know, get some pizza or burger or whatever they, you know, whatever bar food that the the theater was selling and just sit there and <laughs> watch a John Hughes film. And if it was a double feature, we'd sit there and watch that. Watched uh, Raising Arizona there a lot. Too. Oh, my God. I, that is, yeah. I love Raising Arizona. I think it's the only movie from those uh, brothers. I can't think of their name at the moment that I love so much. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorites from them. Um, but, you know, what's interesting is I love this movie and I can relate to it. Right. But I wonder, I wonder what 90s kids or 2000 kids, if they would watch that today, how this holds for them. I know for me, it has so yeah, much nostalgia. I, I see the cars. I see the clothes. Right. I hear the dialect. I hear the music. The mm-hmm. hair, uh, the makeup, the, just right, the right. energy. Um, uh, wow, that's a good question. I, I, yeah, you know, I, if you guys, if there's any uh, younger, <laughs> younger generation out there, go go ahead and watch this movie, man. Let do you know. like this movie? Do, can you relate to it? Yeah. Or is what it just do you us? like about it? What don't you like about it? Is it yeah. strictly a, a nostalgia thing where you're like, nah, that's such a corny movie. That would never happen. But I, I think it would. I think it's still. I think it's still viable. It, it's really definitely do. viable. And John Hughes writes great dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, there's great conversations writes- happening in here. It's real. Now, see, I've always had a thing for Annie Potts, and I did not realize she was yes. in this movie. And yes. it's like, oh my god, <laughs> Annie Potts. This is. I think. I think this is after. 
I think it's after the original is it after Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters. I think I don't. I know. could be wrong. It's definitely before think. Designing Women. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but if, let's go down the list. I mean, you got Molly yeah. Ringwald as Andy. You yeah. got Harry Dean Stanton as her dad. Yeah. I forgot that he was the dad. It's been a while since I saw the movie. Whenever he shows up, I was like, "Yes, that's who it is. That's it. That's her dad." Um, and he does. There is a scene in the movie where Andy's care, uh, Molly Ringwald's Andy is yelling at her dad about uh, that the father, the mother has left, and it's been yeah. years. And get your shit together, God, and the dad. That's he a grabs hard her. scene. He just grabs her and he shakes her because he's just so angry at himself and the and the bad you know life he's been leading for the last you know three or four years or whatever and he just starts to shake her and then he stops and he's like uh, and you can just see him breaking down like it took his yeah. daughter to explain to him you gotta you gotta grow up you gotta get over this you gotta get past all this shit is what she's yeah. telling him you know she left me too she didn't like me she didn't like you she that's a hard gone. scene man and, and both, uh, every time both of them deliver. every time every time i i well up I literally well up when I was 18, 19, whatever I was watching this at the theater, I would well up every time. And me and Kevin went and saw this movie a lot. <laughs> we, it was like every night we'd just be sitting there because we had friends there and we'd go hang out there. So, you know, we knew people, but it was just like every time I just start welling up. And I, I think that if I was going to run or play a scene, if I was ever in a movie where I had a daughter and it had to be the, you know, the touching argument between father, daughter, and, you know, you have to show emotion. That's the scene I'd go look at. That's a great, great point. That he plays it so well. He's, he's a dad at his wits end and he doesn't know what to do. You know, and that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Cause that's a great scene. That's a great scene to study for that because yeah. both of them just deliver it so well. Oh, and, she and that, is, she's at the top of her fucking game there against yeah. him. I mean, is. they're, they're both trying to out, out, do you know there's 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 things i'm watching uh because of what we do uh we tend to watch mm -hmm. movies a much much more critically um and much more uh studying yeah things and I, I just watch the actors and just she's amazing um absolutely everybody in this movie is so real so believable i love john crier in this now i'm gonna say he's, I, I, he's I, fucking I, awesome i gotta segue a little on john crier um mm -hmm. All I know is lately, and I stopped watching because I don't care for the show, but his run on Supergirl as Lex Luthor is nothing but amazing. He, he was Lex Luthor? He's a great Lex Luthor. He's completely shaved. He is awesome as Lex Luthor. That's all I'm going to say. And if you disagree, fuck you. He's awesome I, as Lex Luthor. I didn't even know that he was Lex Luthor because I, I honestly would have stuck around. I would have yeah. watched those episodes just because I like Dude, them. it's, you know, like I said, I don't care for the show, but his portrayal of Luthor is spot on, man. It's just awesome. Why didn't they get him to play Luthor instead of this other guy? The other yokel that they have in the movie? Eisenberg? what's is that the guy's name he's jesse horrible. eisenberg yeah fucking horrible he was horribly written a yeah and then he's horribly acted b so yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. john crier was is a yeah. great casting for lex luther because um, yeah, i like john crier he's a good he seems like a good cat too like you yeah. don't really ever hear anything bad about him you know when i when i watch this let, let's back up let's talk about the plot of this movie um mm -hmm. you've got the main character is Andy. Um, mm -hmm. She lives with her dad. They don't have a lot, so they're considered poor. 
Yeah. Um, and she has a group of friends, Ducky and Iona, who runs the record store. She's older, yeah. uh, played by Annie Potts. How old do you uh, think she was supposed to be? I'm going to sidetrack just maybe really? 30. Yeah, I was thinking maybe in her mid mid to early 20s. I was thinking late 20s, early 30s. Okay. She looked very young, though. So <laughs> um, I was that, thinking that that's why I heard the two of them got along so because well. Because she looked, to me, she looked older in goose, ghost, Goosebusters. Ghostbusters. 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 <laughs> 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 what are you doing? Go, Ghostbusters. Stop that. You're getting feathers everywhere. <laughs> Don't cross the streams. The geese get mad when you cross the streams. I'm just saying. Your neck's get all twisted. Yeah. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Any <Pots>. geese busters? <laughs> oh, why? Yeah. So I, th- I think she looked younger in here than she did in Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So you have her, and uh, then you have the rich kids. James Spader is plays the ultimate douchebag. Oh, he always played it for the longest <laughs> he plays time. It well, like the first thing I ever remember seeing him in where he played like a nice guy and a good guy was in uh Stargate. That's ah, yeah. I can remember seeing him in where I didn't hate him. He's good I, in Stargate. Yeah, he's not the douchebag. <laughs> like you said his acting in this you just want to slap him. I mean, like you instantly so well want to slap this guy. You just want to beat the shit out of this guy. <laughs> now, I'm I'm going to say something. This is the 80s, and people nowadays may watch this movie and say, "My God, there's smoking everywhere." That oh, was the 80s. It was yes, everywhere. people would smoke in school. That was not a big fucking deal. It was not the end of the world. You had the doors uh, at the one school I went to in uh, Michigan. They had like an entire set smoking section, just yeah. almost like how they had it set up there. You went out these double doors. We had that too. <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a pit and everybody just had their own little clicks all over the place. Yeah. Um, but speaking real quick, speaking of clicks before we get yes. to Andrew McCarthy, um, <laughs> I never, like I know the clicks existed and I knew they were there, but by the time I got to be a junior and senior in high school, um, the group of guys that I was hanging out with which would be considered all the rednecks. Mm-hmm. Um, we were always invited to everybody's parties. Yeah. As, as a group, we were always invited. Like, I don't ever remember like the, the toughs not wanting us around. I don't ever remember the, the preps not wanting us around. I don't ever remember the stoners not wanting us around. Like yeah. if, if, and it was all due to one guy, really. I mean, we were all pretty much liked as a group. But there was one guy that I don't want to give off his name because I, I don't know if anybody knows him, but everybody knew and loved the guy. Yeah. And it was like, you're invited, your friends are invited. Or if one of us was invited, it was just known or natural that the other seven or eight of us were going to show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I got invited somewhere, it wasn't just, hey, Dave's going to come. It was Dave and the group are going to come or Brent and the group or, you know, Shane and the, just everybody, <laughs> one of us went somewhere. So I, I never really had that, that feel of the clicks being so divided because we yeah. were always at all the parties. And I got lucky because at the time I was 18 at, at like in senior year, I just turned 18 and I was invited to every party because I could buy beer legally. Yeah, I, I was the guy that went out. So you was, were popular. <laughs> definitely getting invited to the parties. <laughs> so that was very good for me. <laughs> yeah, 
But uh, um, yeah, like, I, I I knew the cliques existed, and I knew some treated each other that way. But I can't say that I personally was ever. I, if somebody didn't like me, they didn't like me because of who I was, and I was fine yeah. with that. They probably didn't like them either. <laughs> we. When I grew up, it was a pretty small school. So, yes, there were those cliques existed, but yeah. they crossed over every time there was a party. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it wasn't as divided. Um, and we're going to see this as we travel through John Hughes, and we'll see it especially yeah. in Breakfast Club. Um, oh, my God. A great Club. study of the cliques. Perfect division. It's yeah. a perfect psychological exam. It is. It oh, is. Yeah. And that's what makes these movies so good, um, is because that. you can relate to things. Um, in the cliques, in school i bounced between multiple ones yeah i never knew i was in the the richie clique because my parents were well off because right. i hung out with the stoners and the yeah. other people yeah. and, and the band the music nerds and the all yeah. of that i hung out with all of them i did not realize that other people had pushed me into a clique and yeah. of course i found that out later it's like what i you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. And I used to hang out with the band band rats. I was yeah. a theater nerd. Um, yeah. I, I was in theater in, in my senior year, which I was pushed into by a friend. <laughs> That's a whole yeah. other story. But it was fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. My um we'll come back to this story maybe. Yeah. Uh, because I want to talk about the actors in this. Uh Andrew McCarthy. Blaine. The major appliance. Blaine, the major appliance. What a wishy-washy character. I mean, what a like if I would have known Blaine, if if I had been with Blaine and what was uh and Steph. Steph, yeah. I, I'd have looked at Blaine and went, why are you taking this shit from this guy? I know. It what took him I till the end of the fucking movie yeah. to grow a set. Why are you taking Ducky? Shit Ducky was there to defend. Okay. Let's 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 back up. Andy, played by Molly Ringwald, mm -hmm. really has a thing for for uh, Blaine, Andrew McCarthy's character, right. and vice versa. Um, at the same time, her best friend Ducky, um, who would do anything for Andy, he was so in love anything. With he was so in love, but so terrified to even say anything, mm -hmm. he couldn't even bring himself. So his inaction allowed Andy to seek out what she was looking for, and she mm -hmm. and Blaine hook up. However, like anything, right. Blaine starts getting flack from his friends. Oh, you can't be hanging out with them, and mm -hmm. Ducky's giving Andy shit for hanging out with. With the rich well, it wasn't guy, just Ducky. It was like all of her friends were doing yeah. some shit every time he showed up. Like you yeah. know, he, he was getting he was getting shit on by her friends. So yeah, so, so it's like like had their own you know, a few yeah. moments. So it, yeah, but yeah. it was uh, he is a wishy washy character because he was mm -hmm. he was fine. He really enjoyed, um, but he he yeah. couldn't he couldn't break from his environment when mm -hmm. steph As put dumb put, friends yeah when his friend steph put the pressure on him he caved yeah he caved, caved quick too very quick and i really didn't like that i saw that as a spineless a spineless yeah, fucker spine. yeah it's a spineless little weasel yeah really. and that's when i became 100 solid in team ducky i was always team ducky yeah yeah absolutely but what happens is um blaine's friend's pretty much push him away and talk mm -hmm. him into dumping Andy. And, and he does it such a shitty way. He just goes yeah. her ass. He's not even a man enough to go break no, up. No, he's horrible. 
or whatever. He just ignores the phone calls and hopes and hopes it goes away. <laughs> so one of the one of the best things about it is watching Andy find the strength to make a dress uh-huh. and go to the fucking prom in spite, right. in spite yeah. of everybody else. And that to me, I love that. I love watching that scene. Um I had a lot of moments. This movie, if you have a heart, you will tear up. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's so well fucking done. This is probably one of the heaviest dramas that John Hughes has done. There's not a lot of comedy here. There's moments with Ducky, and he's the comic relief. And, and but it's storytelling. He would be the fool. She her hero's journey is going to is going yeah. in her hero's journey. Andrew McCarthy's is going in his hero's journey. Yeah. But very much a wishy-washy <laughs> journey. And he plays that character really well. He does. he does. He does. The acting in this is just every level top notch. It's well cast. It's yeah. it's definitely perfectly cast. Um, and it's just a few characters um, mm-hmm. that are in there. Um, yeah. They got a list on IMBD, like 39 people. And I'm looking through like, uh, okay, you could, you could stop it freaking. Well. You dice Clay as the bouncer. That was a nice surprise. I'm going through here. Oh, there she is. Gina, Gina Gershon. Yeah. I saw her. It's like, who is that? Who is that? And it's like, I know her. I know her. And it's like, Oh my God, it's Gina Gershon. Yeah. Girlfriend, gym class. Yep. Um, I was racking my brain. It's like, I, for a brief moment, I thought it might've been Daphne Zaniga, Zanuga or whatever the hell her name was. who was on Melrose place or these other shows, but yeah. Um, But no, Gina Gershon. What's funny is, uh, I didn't know who the girl was at the end. That's eyeball and ducky. That's Christy Swanson. Really? Christy Swanson, a very young Christy Swanson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and she's, Kat was like, well, that's. I didn't know she was in that. Awesome. Okay. I'm like, what? No. She's like, yeah, that's. Did you not know that? I'm like, I had no idea. She's just a pretty blonde, is all I saw. Yeah. And I just love Ducky's reaction to it when he's looking at it. He's like, he's, he's looking at it. He's like, me? He looks right. He looks right. I didn't know that was her either. (laughs) You know, but I didn't like that ending. I wanted him to be with Andy's. So, so what what goes on here is uh, Blaine goes ahead and dumps Andy, and uh, she puts pulls it together and makes a dress Mm -hmm. from Iona's uh, prom dress, and one her dad got her, and um, she goes to prom, and she sees Ducky, and they're. You know, you think for a brief moment they're yeah. gonna be there, and it's like yes, and then Blaine shows up, and he kind of does an apology. And Ducky's Ducky being the good friend that Ducky is, yeah. even though you know what we can we can forgive Ducky for getting angry because yeah. I understand where Ducky was coming yeah, from, and absolutely. I, I think absolutely. I think Andy understood that too. Well, um, everybody everybody watches this movie knows where Ducky's coming from. <laughs> I know where he's coming from, and he you know? wasn't wrong. He wasn't no. wrong, no. Um, but in the end, Ducky was there for his friend. No matter what he said, he would have always been there for her, um, even as just a friend. And um, that, to me, when he says, "You know, you could, you know, go or whatever," yeah, and she does, I'm like, "What? Are you kidding <laughs> you should... me? Why? Why? Why did you go after that guy? I don't. What? I don't. Here's the thing, David. I don't feel good at the end of this movie." I'm pissed at the end of this I fucking feel movie. Pretty good about this movie, but I'm not. But I, here's what I think happens. I think her and Blaine. This is my. This is how I 
justify my thinking in this movie. Her and Blaine date for a week, one more week, and then she dumps Blaine. And then her and Ducky get back together. And yeah. Ducky and them go off and have have kids and have a good family and are happily. Well, you know, it's so funny because Lane has never grown up and never been able no. to figure out how to have a life. And Steph, James Spader's character, <laughs> you put it together yesterday. Steph has lost his inheritance. He doesn't have any uh, any kind of money coming in. And that's why the movie or the series Blacklist is created. He's, he has to become a serial killer to try and steal money. So suddenly, is, that's what happens. Is that what that series? He's a serial killer in that movie? In that I, I, series? I think he's a serial killer in oh, prison. Now I want to watch. I, you know, and, and I, it always freak, I, I always freak out when I see James Spader now because he's bald. Yeah, and he's such a good looking guy in the 80s. And it's like, you know, the perfect hair and everything. Yeah. And and now it's like, what? <laughs> no, no, he, he is just a little chubby and he's bald. Yeah. Like yeah, me. Which a little bald. But he was <laughs> 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 but that that was the, the thing is, is like I really wanted a happy ending. Right. I, I get it. This is a happy ending, but to mm-hmm. me, it's not the ending that I wanted. I wanted no. with Ducky, and that would have been fine because. Ducky loved Andy. Yeah. And that should have been that that to me. I always kind of felt that should have been the ending. It should have been the you were right in front of me, Ducky, and I didn't see you. Yeah. And, and he could have even said something like, yeah, we, we'll take a slow. Don't worry about it. You know, I'm going to have to look look for interviews with John Hughes and find out if yeah, it's going to be real made. hard to find interviews with that cat. Well, I mean, he's dead now, but well, um, no, that's what I mean, especially towards the end of his life, he he stopped giving interviews and shit. Yeah, so I just wonder if somebody out there has got some info on on yeah, I'd like on to know. this on where he was going when writing this. If if he originally had Ducky and Andy, and it just mm-hmm. didn't play well, and they they may have shot multiple endings. Who knows? Um, but I have to agree with you on John Cryer. Um, He's up there, man, in this. He, oh he just God. He a character that could have been just a little bit of um little bit of humor and a little bit of an inconvenience to Andy's character, um, trying to find her way. And just when he's on set, when he's on screen, you're paying attention to Ducky more than you are to the main character who's who's Andy. Well, he's got style, mm-hmm. he is unique, he is his own person. He is fry, flying that freak flag and yeah. doesn't care. And he is awesome. He's he's an awesome guy. And I would hang out with Ducky. The, Ducky would be a friend. <laughs> there is a scene that um, there's a couple of scenes of 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 let's let's talk about the filmmaking for just yeah. a second. Um in the filmmaking, there's a scene when the train, it's just a simple shot of a train coming down a track. And as the train passes. If I remember correctly, the camera kind of pans to Andy's house. It's a perfect other side of the track moment without saying she lives on the other side of the track. That is absolutely just without spoon feeding it. It's like, here you go. You know, where she lives. She's on the wrong side of the tracks. Literally. And which is just a blue collar neighborhood. I've lived in neighborhoods like that and a lot worse. but then you see Ducky's bedroom. At one point, you you you're brought into Ducky's room. Ducky's got no. Ducky is even way. He's much more poor than Andy yeah. and her family. Isn't I mean, it this, neat? It, yeah. 
And Isn't it, it neat so how they simple. they show a single room, Ducky's bedroom? Yes. And yes. you know everything you need to know about Ducky's family income, everything. Mm-hmm. You know his home life. You know what's going on. And, yep. man, I felt for Ducky. I saw that, and it's like, God, man. And last night, I think, was the first time that I got slapped with it. Like, this, this is, bam, in your face. Do you understand Ducky now? And I always kind of knew Ducky was poor, but I always assumed he was poor like Andy's family. But now, as an older guy, I'm looking at this, and I'm seeing that, and I'm seeing the, it was the visual worse. storytelling, the imagery that he used is mind-bogglingly simple. Yeah. It's just simple. It was so simple. And to make you sit there and think, oh, wow, he, this kid comes from dirt poor. This is a dirt poor kid. Mm-hmm. And like you said, one room, what, 35, 40 seconds? Yeah, film? not long. Maybe, maybe. Not and even you know a bed exactly. frame, just a bed on the floor. Yeah, and you know exactly everything you need to know about this kid. Yeah. And there's another well shot with Ducky where he's sitting on top of the newspaper stand. He's just like yeah. after he's already had a hissy fit and he's ran out. And he's, <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of hunkered into himself. He's kind of like crouched down and hunkered in, knees to his chest, and he's just hunkered down. And the camera shot is coming from above. It's a crane shot coming down on Ducky. And as it's coming down, it starts to rain. And then oh, the camera comes even on him, and Ducky just goes deeper into himself. And I'm like, holy shit, that is a magnificent shot. And again, it tells you everything you need to know about Ducky. That's the first time you see him, and you're like, shit, this kid's got a heart. He's not just some little, he, he's feeling he's feeling a lot of stuff right now Yeah, that a lot of people would never give him credit for. And that's I, I think John Hughes was brilliant in mm-hmm. uh, in making these movies and the way he did it. Some simple shots, right? Um, he understood. It's like, God damn it, John Hughes was a teenager stuck in the eighties. Because as yeah. we're going to go through these next three movies, we're going to see exactly where his brain was, um, right? With all the class divide and Breakfast Club, the mm-hmm. the the hormone riddled. Uh, Teen or teenagers from weird science. weird science uh let's make a woman um and yeah. there was one more we're watching uh, 16 candles 16 the, candles the, the girl coming of age in 16 candles which again deals with kind of class with jake ryan the rich kid with the ferrari or whatever and he's right. so dreamy i love 16 candles i have seen it god knows how many times and i could watch it every fucking day if i had to the, the here's the thing uh i give a lot of credit um of course to, to Hughes, but Howard Deutsch, D-E-U-T-C-H, maybe mm-hmm. it's Dutch. That's Deutsch. the director of the movie. I always thought Hughes directed it. Uh, you know, I didn't even catch but, this. Hughes did not direct this, huh? But he wrote and produced it. Okay. So I'm thinking the way that he seems to have done movies was he grabbed people that saw his vision and saw yeah. his dream, kind of like uh, Home Alone. Yeah. Uh, was that Chris Columbus? Yes, it is. He got Chris Columbus to direct that. Who has a great awesome. eye for family drama. <laughs> yeah, and, and had, had never done it, but he loved Christmas. So he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. I love Christmas. And But he grabbed these people who knew how to take his vision and put it put it out there. Yeah, And I think Dutch, I'll call him Dutch. I don't know if that's right. But Howard Dutch seems to have 
been a really good director. So he got that he got that script out of those actors. He got that script out of those those characters really, yeah. really well. So I, I want to make sure we pay homage to this guy. Oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't know what else Thank he's you. ever done. I'm sorry, I just don't know right off that. Well, you know, yeah. we're 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 not we're not a professional podcast. Uh, <laughs> this is only our seventy something episode. Almost. <laughs> I should have maybe done a little research. Who knows? Plus uh, <laughs> research. I, I'm just telling everybody out there. John Hughes, if you want to see an 80s movie, actually, you want to see a good movie, yeah, watch a John Hughes film. It's they're great coming of age movies. Um, for me personally, they bring me back to my high school time because they take place in the time that I was there, right. so I can relate to a lot of it. So it makes me wonder, as we were speaking earlier, how much of this is nostalgia that makes me love John Hughes so much. Um, yeah, I get that. I don't know, but I remember seeing these movies. I didn't see Breakfast Club in the in the theater. I don't think. Yeah. Um, again, me and my buddy Kevin, John Hughes film, boom, there. <laughs> you know, uh, but it was a. Uh, yeah, like I think I saw almost every other John Hughes movie that I can think of at the theater. Yeah. At least once at a theater. And it was everybody that I knew going to see. Like, if it was a John Hughes movie, you knew it was going to be a good teenage comedy, yeah. you know, coming of age kind of thing where the person you're rooted, he, he was really good at writing like um, um, antagonists. Like when you really, he wants you to dislike a person, you instantly dislike a person. Well, like the first line Steph has in this movie. Um, oh my God. Peter had in this movie, you hate him. You hate him oh, his, before he finishes his sentence. Let's you, talk about James Spader. James Spader's he, character, his acting he, too. His body language. Oh my just God. His movement. We just, oh, just want to hit him. You want to punch him, and and I applaud James Spader for that. And that that's oh, just yeah. what you said earlier on in this podcast that everybody is at the top of their game on this, and they are. Yeah. This is there's not a bad acting scene in this fucking movie. His body language alone, like back back when I was really really just stupid i remember guys trying to talk like that and try and be down to me and my well, friends with and his I little miami like, vice get and up I would with just no shirt cigarette out of their mouth <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the fucking yeah, well, you know and he'd put the cigarette on there where it's just kind of drooping down and like trying to talk like be a tough guy and i would just walk up and slap the cigarette out of their mouth <laughs> i was a horrible person <laughs> yeah well yeah I mean, me and my friends at the time didn't really uh put up with that sort of nonsense <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's <sighs> it, it is definitely definitely well done so um i i implore everybody to go out there and watch this movie it is a good movie um i'm gonna go ahead and give my final thoughts on sure. pretty and pink i fucking love this movie mm-hmm. um this is only the first time i've actually sat down and watched the whole thing from beginning to end i've seen it in bits and pieces um, really yeah so um it's one that just kind of eluded me i've seen the others a lot but uh uh, this is good this is good this is uh i enjoyed watching this and it's it really it just took me back it took Mm -hmm. me back so i i would like to know if any of our listeners out there are younger than us what these movies 
do to you when you watch an 80s movie are you connecting in any way are you right are, are you understanding it the way we do or do you feel what we do or do you get something completely different which is great because art is subjective um, for me get, yeah the vibe yeah for me it takes me back um good and bad i relive a lot of my childhood um uh, in high school and which yeah, too much information it was the worst time of my life, but I remember this stuff. Same so here. It's, yeah. Okay, great. So we can revel in each other's sorrow. Uh, but I, I, it was. I thank my sister-in-law for even keeping me in school. Yeah. God bless her. I recommend everybody watch this uh, uh-huh. and definitely stick with us as we travel through about three more John Hughes films. Dave, yeah. what is uh, what's your take on? Pretty absolutely i think um just the father-daughter dynamic between dean stanton and molly ringwald in this was absolutely incredible i know in the there's are there are other movies out there that are so much more over the top with father-daughter stuff but this was very it's very subtle this was a working class dad who wanted to spend time with his daughter wanted to do the right thing but he just kind of got muddled down he for whatever depressed it was I mean, his really, wife it left was him. Really good. It was really good acting between the two of them. Oh, even even when they weren't arguing, and it was just subtle, like a conversation, like when she's waking him up first thing in the morning. Come on, get up. That get was up, funny. Right? Um, but all the actors in this of the time, um, it does bring me back a little bit. But I, I have different memories of, yeah. of, of course, of high schools than you had. I, I went to of course, years. I hope you don't have my memories. Yeah. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> the the uh, the subtle acting in some of this and some of the overtop acting is good. Um, he was such a good writer. Like I said, to, the people you want to root, he wants you to root for. You root for right away. Yeah. You're, you're rooting for Ducky. I mean, I don't give a shit who anybody says. You, you're rooting for Ducky. Um, I, I really do enjoy the, these movies. I do enjoy John Hughes. I do have good re- memories of seeing them at the theater with my buddy. Um, I remember seeing them at the theater with our group of friends. Yeah. And there are usually at least 20 of us going to see one of these movies. Like just like uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. It was like yeah. 20 of us. in the. Oh, in the damn. Um, but we all had a good time. And we were all pretty good. We were all pretty good kids. I mean, the, the, one, the one group that I hung out with in Florida was a really good group. One group I hung out in Michigan was a really good group. But we got a little bit more rowdy. <laughs> Some people call it violent. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, uh, no, no, I have really good fond memories of these movies. And now as I'm getting older and I'm watching them, it's not just the memories that they kind of feed a little bit, but it's I'm watching them with a new eye, an older eye going, yeah, oh, I see the subtlety there. I see what he did there. The room with Ducky really hit home to last night. The train track, the train, just watch that one scene, like the open, it's in the opening credits within yeah. the first 10 minutes. That train going down the track, it's like, it's so, it's such a slap in the face, but it's not. It's subtle, but it's yeah. there. It's like, he's not telling you, he's showing you that she lives on the other side of the track. Go. He's showing you that Ducky is fucking poor. Ducky's not walking around saying, I am so poor. Look at me, I'm poor. <laughs> I See, eat macaroni you, and cheese every day. I'm poor. There was nothing 
to say any of them were poor except how they talked about the richies or whatever but yeah. then and how saw the, the train tracks about the poor kids i i'm glad you brought up ducky's room because i noticed that last night mm-hmm. and then you said that it's like oh my god what an easy way to convey and tell yeah. everything and that's why when a movie maker either the cinematographer director mm-hmm. writer whoever decides to just show you and let you put that piece right. together it's brilliant. It makes it more powerful. Of uh, this is a perfect show. Don't tell. Yes. If you want to see a movie that shows and doesn't tell you, this is it. I I can't can't recommend John Hughes, and I definitely recommend Pretty in Pink. It's one of my to this day. It's one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah. I have a lot of all time favorite movies, but oh. they're all broken down into genres. Different genres, yeah. <laughs> Different genres because I can't. You know, this would this be is, one of the movies that, would, that was on the island with me. If I had this is a great on fucking island, movie. Yep, this is one of my move, my island movies. Yeah. No, it's really seen. good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I, I, I can judge or rate a movie based on what I think about the next day. If yeah. I watch a movie and I think about it all day long and about the scenes, you got me. Um, but yep. some movies are gone. But I start thinking of things. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. this is that was really well done. And the yeah. acting I was, while I was watching this, it's like, you know, it's like Molly Ringwald's very young, John Cryer, very young, um, Andrew McCarthy, James Spader, they all deliver big time. in this, And they're all beautiful without being over the top. Beautiful. I mean, yeah. Molly Ringwald is young and beautiful. Andrew McCarthy, young yeah. and beautiful. Um, James um, Spader. John Cryer. Yeah. He's, he's young and beautiful. Yeah, in a completely different way, in a corny way, but they're all like James Spader was just that fucking hair and his his fucking oh I hated that attitude. Oh my god, everybody that. knew that character. Did it? I knew I knew at least three guys like that. In, yes. in high school. yeah, at yeah. least three. I know several that wanted to be him. You know, yeah. wanted to be Find that him. douche. Yeah, why do you want to be a douchebag? Be Ducky. <laughs> Ducky, because Ducky is more, I was, Ducky's real. I was probably more of a Ducky in real life. Like I probably like my attitude and my just fucking around and playing with people and having a good time was that was pretty much yeah. me. I just like, did not have Ducky's style, and I wish I would have. I did not have that style, but I had the sense of humor. Like yes. I could have hung out very easily and 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 rolled with Ducky. Easy, easy. Yeah. I would it's, not have wanted to be anywhere near Spader or uh, uh, Steph or uh, Blaine at all. Nope, nope. <laughs> no. I would not have hung out with those guys. Those would not have been. I'll, I'll uh, take that bag out. of Coke and that bag of weed and I'm leaving because I don't want to be at your party. <laughs> oh, fuck that. <laughs> and I'm taking yeah. this 12 pack of beer too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ducky would be more girlfriend. fun. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So. But no, Ducky, I'm most, I'd be more of a Ducky. Definitely. So as you can see, old ass movie reviews definitely gives a resounding thumbs up to Pretty in Pink. And we are 100% Team Ducky. Team Ducky. That's how it is. If you see, think otherwise, please drop us a line. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe. Mm-hmm. Check us out everywhere. If you can hear us on a podcast, if we're not where you listen to podcasts, and you just stumbled across us, let me know. I'll get us on there. Um, yeah. yeah. So please join with us this month. And as we relive our high school days with John yeah. Hughes, 
Love John Hughes film. Just Fuck gotta yeah. love it. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. So next week, Dave, what John Hughes film are we watching? Uh, hey, do you want to go ahead and uh, have a little club party? A little breakfast, a little breakfast club. club? Yeah, let's do breakfast That's club. awesome. I love okay. it. Um, I want our listeners to, to watch this next movie and yes. Uh, yes. think about who are you in that movie? Oh, God. Oh, I already know who I am. I know who I am. <laughs> I'm I'm Allie Sheedy 100 all day. Uh, Allie so, Sheedy, <laughs> Allie Sheedy all day long. Captain Crunch, weird goth kid <laughs> who just wants to be left alone. Yeah, it makes good. art with it makes art with, with dandruff. Yes, dandruff. yes. Oh, we just uh, gave up half of that movie. <laughs> we did, we did. So take a look at Breakfast Club, and then you can join us because we will spoil the hell out of it again. Yes. Molly Ringwald, Emilio Estevez, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, and many more who always appear in a John Hughes film. Um, so until next week, have a good one. And you too. And you too.